And hello, and welcome back to the Ice Holes Comedy Podcast podcast. I said podcast multiple times there, so whatever. This is episode 11. Like, they're just racking up uh, like crazy lately. And uh, with us in the uh, loosely formed studio today is uh, we have... uh, Matt's going to be back. He uh, will be on this podcast, although uh, we are splitting up for a short time. We'll get into that a little bit later. And with us is... Kyle, uh, Bruce the Spruce Moose Batista. Uh, say hi, Kyle. Go ahead. Where are the cameras? <laughs> it's an uh, audio, audio podcast, audio uh, listening, listening cast. So, yes. Um, and that wasn't a hi either. That was a <laughs> snarky comment. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> From a humorous, whiskey-swilling man. And uh, so... We're going to talk to Kyle a little bit about, uh, he works for EWB, that's Engineers Without Borders, very interesting uh, company to work for, Uh, and uh, when Matt gets here, we'll talk about stupid junk. So, uh, here we go, and music. Feel free to tweet at us. Maybe take a break from tweeting about why you didn't call that girl or guy back, like often happens on Twitter, and instead tweet in our direction, and we'll read them out on the air. Absolutely. Although there's no internet uh, right here, I have to be at the window to access my internet. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not going to say I steal it, but let's say I share it with people who don't know that I'm sharing it with them. If you live in the Toronto area and you're using excessive bandwidth and you just happen to be listening to this podcast and this is an impossible scenario of events, yeah. feel free to just yell on over and that can be the first tweet of the evening. Absolutely. Actually, if you do tweet, I'll get it on my phone. But, uh, I mean, we usually do the tweets at the end of the uh, show, but... Well, oh, shit, am I? No, it's fine. Uh, you can always tweet to us uh, at... Uh, at Reem himself and at Entertain Matt. Those are uh, our ice hole uh, kind of tweet names. <laughs> Can you swear on this show? Yeah, sure. Oh, oh it's in the explicit category a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> on iTunes. Right around episode two. Yeah. Oh, episode one. Episode one. <laughs> So, uh, how so about I can your... call you an ass napkin. It's acceptable. Ass napkin, yeah. Great. Uh, how about yourself? Where can people reach you there, Spruce? Uh, I also have a Twitter name. It is my full name, which I guess I can reveal on a podcast. I've never said my full name on a podcast before, but here goes. This isn't like CIA tracked or anything. <laughs> uh, you can't be certain. Um, <laughs> my Twitter name is Kyle Baptista. Kyle Baptista. At... I- at Kyle Baptista. Uh, and how do you spell Baptista for anybody? <coughs> for all our Baptist friends in the crowd, it's Baptist with an A at the end. Ah, I see. Baptist A. Baptista. Which I guess. how I begin most conversations with Bell Customer Service in India, in which, which ensues a long conversation about how I'm from Goa originally, and then I have to say yes, and then we get into a long conversation. And at the end of the day, my service gets shittier, so it doesn't really help anything. That is, uh, sounds very upsetting. I just got a text here from Matt. He said uh, he's waiting for his landlord. He says he will fight him. I hope his landlord isn't a listener. Uh, and he says, I'm going to miss Spruce, aren't I? And... Uh, it's, it's very likely. Anyways, uh, but we'll get him on anyways, because uh, folks, you may not know, but uh, we're going to be taking a slight separation, uh, me and Matt. Um, we, I am going to shoot uh, a corporate co- commercial uh, in Hawaii and uh, Los Angeles for about a month, uh, starting in March, but... That does not mean the ice holes will slow down at all. In fact, we are splitting into two podcasts. We're still going to be doing podcasts. Uh, Matt's going to be doing ones from here with Arky Zuber. 
who you may know from earlier episodes. And actually on this shoot that I'm going with, I'm bringing Graham along with me. So me and Grambo will be doing ones in LA, Hawaii, maybe even on the airplane. We don't even what? know. So it'll wow. be pretty, pretty sick. So there's going to be more episodes, if anything, uh, coming. But just so you know, if you're wondering, why is Matt and Kareem not entertaining me together uh, because we will be entertaining you separately. <laughs> That's not anything. All right. That's why you have two hands. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I have an interesting tidbit here that actually is an amazing, I don't think this is called the segue, but you can correct me. It pulls in the way that you read Matt's tweet as breaking news. Okay. Uh, our recent conversation on Twitter, and as well as the fact that uh, the show is called The Ice Holes. And it's a tweet. It ties uh, all those things together? It does. This Shut has got to be an amazing it's tweet. It's just a tweet. It was a tweet today from City News. And I'm not sure if you've heard of City News, but it's, uh, it's a news channel here in Toronto. And uh, today's news <clears throat> on tw- Twitter. So, again, you have to remember, this is the scum of journalism, Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> It says, breaking in all capital in all capital letters, small chunks of ice that appear to be frozen snow has fallen off uh, the BMO building, which is a tall skyscraper downtown. And uh, just as a sign of the, the lack of winter that we've had here in Toronto, I thought that was an entertaining tweet. Very. And the way they thought that was breaking news was equally as funny as the way you thought that Matt's tweet was also breaking news. I see, yeah. And I brought the ice and the Twitter all together there. And that's very good. That's, that's very it for good. this week, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, while we're on the topic of interesting tweets uh, that are news articles, this one is an actual news article, okay? So Time Magazine, which we, we've mentioned now a couple couple times on the ISOL's podcast. I, I tend to read it. It's a interesting pseudo news magazine uh but this was uh, i say that because of this headline that was tweeted earlier today that i had to take note of and i actually have the article as well if we want to discuss it okay the uh tweet and headline reads as such planet of the apes not likely here's why (laughs) find out more tonight at 11 (laughs) were people really uh Really believing that that might happen, that might, and it goes into big detail because uh, it, it says, "Well, look, even if apes did get super intelligent, <laughs> like that's a possibility. Even if the apes did skip ahead and get super intelligent, they probably wouldn't be able to take over uh, because it's really important it, the sharing of information between generations and that kind of thing." Uh, like it, it's like that's not a very good explanation. That's what it. it said. It says. I also thought that too. I'm like, if they're smart enough to, you know, <laughs> get out of, you know, their little monkey cells or whatever. Yeah, that's whatever pretty much we all had they them need, in. Yeah. No, but it's it's uh, their com- the communication is what co- over time is what has caused the human race and the culture to evolve. The culture has evolved. Do you, want, do you want to know why apes will never take over? Because they don't know how to use call waiting. That, <laughs> that, is, that is our last stand as a species. Absolutely. <laughs> and true. between you and me, both listeners, I've never figured out call waiting. No, I'm, uh, I hate call waiting, in fact. I'm, I, I never use it. Uh, same with answering machines. I am the worst human being ever on answering machines. And now everybody just has call display, so forget it. Like, I don't... I don't bother anymore with it. I, I'm always the worst. I'm always that guy who will leave the second message to go, oh, sorry, that was Kareem. You know, like I uh, apologize and it's, it's, uh, it's very, yeah, very it's bad. Too. It's a desperate situation, yeah. Uh, when the apes take over, we won't have voicemail or answering machines or any of that such thing anymore. So yeah. I guess that'll be a plus. Yeah, this, okay, uh, sorry, I'm actually kind of reading that article right now, and it says, uh, in a study just published in the journal Science, a team of biologists from the UK, the US, and France came up with a way subjecting teams of chimps, capuchin monkeys, and three- to four-year-old children to a puzzle-solving task that all three of them could theoretically solve. The goal was not to see which species did the best, uh... 
at figuring out the problem, uh, but how well they cooperated within their own groups to get the job done. So between the different chimps and the different monkeys, how well they could explain it to each other. And apparently they did shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think so, all they really need is more iPads. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the video of the chimps using iPads? No, no. My goodness, look it up, my friends. Yeah, they... If, if, if you can see that, then you'll be certain that the time article is wrong, which you should be certain of anyways because it's published in time. But nevertheless, already, chips have been taught and trained to use iPads. They're already uh, unlocking the boomerang bird and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Little, <laughs> little I, angry bird joke. I had an angry bird joke. God <laughs> it's kind of just the way it goes, doesn't it? I mean, uh, My joke, I'll repeat it anyways, was that they've already advanced a further level in angry birds than I have. <laughs> hey oh. Goddamn chimps. Uh, you tell us whose was better. You can email us at <laughs> iceholespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, all right. Don't overload the Gmail inbox. It only has room for 100,000 of your messages. <laughs> all right. And moving on. And luckily, the contest restrictions indicate that you could not vote more than 100,000 times. <laughs> all right. Kyle, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, a little bit about what you do and what goes on and Let's see if that sparks up anything interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a bit of history between uh, Kareem, Kareem and I. Kareem and I have known each other for uh, nearly nearly nine years now, which is it's pretty crazy. This cannot go well. Yeah, exactly. And um, in each of those nine years, I've seen his ass at least probably averaging two to three times a year. Uh, you haven't seen me very often in the last few years. So I know. I probably That's why the average is reducing year <laughs> <Yeah>. after year. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, I used to spend a lot of time in college with my ass out. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, I think it's a pretty natural thing. Can I just mention as well that as someone who recently went ice fishing, it's surprising how little you've done to recreate the experience for this podcast. <laughs> I have never in my life been ice fishing. This is not... I mean, this is not an ice fishing podcast at all. That's it's just uh, really ice. It just sounds like assholes. Sounds like we are assholes on the radio. Uh, not even on the radio. <laughs> on a internet-based radio uh, fill-in that, that you can download at any time. I've, it's convenience, really. I don't know what to do with all these perch facts. I'm full of perch facts. <laughs> Tell us about EWB. Tell us about what you actually do. So my and I, this is not an official representation of uh, of my job. <laughs> be here on this podcast. Uh, I guess I should start by uh, telling you. Yes, I work for an organization called Engineers Without Borders Canada, and the Canada is very important because there are many Engineers Without Borders organ- organizations around the world. Uh, in the U.S. and in Australia and the U.K. And in some cases, we've uh, worked with them to get them set up. And in uh, most cases, we haven't. So we're actually completely distinct organizations. Mm. Sorry, I was just, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> you're a chap, uh, so you're not a chapter necessarily? Or no, you not are a chapter. A chap- no, so we're an you're organization. Your own specific thing. Our okay. own standalone organization. Does that mean that you deal with Canadian problems or do you deal mostly external and uh, different? We don't uh, deal with um, Canadian. Like domestic? Uh, so, yeah, development in Canada in the same sense we do in the countries we work in, uh, which are all in sub Saharan Africa. We oh. do have programs in Canada, but they're not, uh, uh, they're not quite the same development programs. Fair enough, fair enough. And uh, so, what is, your, what is your role? What is your specific uh, involvement in uh, EWB? I have uh, the the incredible honor of being the uh, creative director for Engineers Without Borders Canada, which is a a very very cool position because there's there are very cool things happening at this organization. And can I plug a website such on, on a, this show? Such a show? company man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Sure. Go ahead. Plug. plug so plug away. If you if you were to Google Engineers Without Borders Canada, or you could also tweet at us at EWB. Sorry, I'm just refilling my whiskey here. <laughs> um, what an official plug. <laughs> so, but yeah. Poor kids. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just 
<laughs> Don't worry, yeah. I'm going there soon. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so uh, we do very cool projects. For one thing, is I want all of you listeners to sit back in your chair and reflect on how many charities you've heard of that publish a failure report. And I'm part of an organization that publishes one every year. And I, in fact, personally wrote a story in last year's failure report for the organization. So, and the background there is that there's so much failure happening in development. Development and foreign aid is a very polarizing concept. People are pro or against, and we we don't agree that we should abolish foreign aid, but we certainly agree that the system is broken and the development industry is broken, mm. and uh, we feel that this is kind of one small step in the right direction that we hope the rest of the industry uh, participates in. What are some of the main issues that you think have? Broken down, it uh, broken down the system in terms of getting money to the right people and that sort of thing. Uh, I I wouldn't say I'm not very good at articulating the overall inefficiencies or um, failures of the of the aid system, but uh, I have some good examples. And now I'm about to name drop in not such a good way. Um, one specific or- organization that comes to mind <clears throat> is uh, a company called Tom Shoes. Have you heard of Tom Shoes? No. no. Uh, I, uh, you can probably Google or tweet at them at tomshoes. It's not like a sweatshop oh, or something like that. Not, not a sweatshop. Not quite a sweatshop. Um, but what Tom Shoes does is they have a deal where you, as, um, as a shoe buyer, I suppose, buys a pair of shoes. And then what they do is they, in addition to the pair of shoes you've bought, send a free pair of shoes to a developing country, a developing community. And uh, there's... Two ways that I saw this being uh, detrimental when I lived in Ghana for a few months, a few years ago. Uh, the first was I was uh, working on a project, and we won't get into details now, but I was in a small community, and we were monitoring a um, kind of a local processing center, which processed cassava, and you probably, most of you know what cassava is, so I won't get into detail there. But uh, off in the distance, a truck pulled up, and... Uh, and the truck was loaded to the brim with these shiny, uh, molded shoes. You, you might know them as Crocs. Um, these would have been mock Crocs and, uh, mocks. that were being handed out. Mocks, yeah. Mm. Um, that were being handed out en masse to the small community. But they were being thrown off the truck uh, onto the street. And people were scrambling out to collect these shoes. And doing a bit more research, talking to uh, the Ghanaians in the community who I knew, um, this was a program that was connected to uh, Tom's Shoes that I had never heard of, and this was a long time ago, so I uh, had never heard of it and just kind of threw it in the back of my mind. And later, later in my time in Ghana, I went to a shoe stall um, where, which had locally made shoes. They were made in northern Ghana, sold by northern Ghanaians, and that was a business. They were building an industry out of locally made uh, shoes. The problem was that... You have to pay money to support an industry like this, and you have to buy these shoes. But when they're throwing free shoes off of a truck, what you're actually doing is dismantling the entire local industry. And um, oh, I, get it. I would say that there is no worse part of aid than that which disables and that which removes dignity and that which doesn't en- empower people to create jobs and create businesses and thrive and build up their own entrepreneurial spirit. and. Mm-hmm. So you that. got to see this firsthand, like when you were there, this Tom Shoes company basically cocking up the, these guys' uh, local situation. That was, Those are your words, not mine. Sorry. Well, yeah, I, I said cock. Oh, I see. Uh, sorry to Tom <laughs> Shoes. Yes, yes, I said cock. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, sorry. Uh, if, I don't think anyone from Tom Shoes is uh, listening. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's a crazy thing to... to wrap your head around so what i mean what if any way is there really to do things sustainably i guess it's 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 all about so the way the way we look at it at engineers of the borders canada (laughs) is we look at we look at the uh, development we look at the industry we look at businesses uh, across sub-saharan africa as as systems and while the systems may be broken they nevertheless are still systems. So when you, with everything you input and take out of a system, if you input money or shoes, you're basically altering the system in some way. So you're a system disturber or you're a disruptive force to the system. 
Um, and EWB tries, strives to be uh, a positive disruptive force to systems. And so that means you might be shaking things up. You might be changing things in a way that not everyone sees as positive change. But the hope is by um, kind of injecting ourselves and working with these systems as a whole that we are producing more positive outcomes for um, the rural poor across sub-Saharan Africa. And the very interesting thing is that as an, we're an engineering organization, but uh, we don't, we've never drilled a well, we've never built a bridge, and we've never built, uh, built a school. And those are actually very important, uh, very important ways. But we've worked in the water industry, we've worked with rural infrastructure and things like roads, and we've worked with education systems. Um, but when you look at a system, you have to realize that building something isn't always what's needed. And when you get down to it, a lot of new schools that are built in Ghana, they can't train and hire teachers fast enough to fill them. So the schools sit empty. So mm. building the school wasn't what was actually needed by that system. So, so then you guys basically use engineering then in kind of a more broad term than just like actually going out and building things and creating, you know, infrastructure that's not needed, which is basically what you just said. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so. A lot, of, uh, a lot of the soft skills that engineers may or may not be known for, um, engineers are great problem solvers. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a great story about uh, a friend of mine getting a new Dyson uh, vacuum. And Dysons are cool because you can disassemble them into individual pieces and rebuild them. And you can look at that Dyson vacuum as anything, in, when an engineer gets involved in any type of project, they break it down to its elemental pieces and because maybe just purely out of interest because they want to know how it works. So mm. uh, th th I think that's a, a side of engineering that uh, doesn't actually, is detrimental that it doesn't get portrayed more because we're looking at getting more people into engineering, more people studying this and using these soft skills uh, to better the world. And we think it's a great way to do that. Uh, so do you guys have mostly engineers working with you or is it kind of people from all over the educational spectrum this will get funny in a little while <laughs> but but this is interesting i'm interested genuinely like uh do you have people kind of in all in all forms of you know perhaps you know yeah absolutely so uh we definitely have a majority our engineers uh that is a skill set that is very valued in the organization but no uh no programs or strategies or organizations would be successful without uh, a mix of people. So while we send engineers to Sub-Saharan Africa, we employ them in Toronto in our office and we have them working across Canada, we also have um, other disciplines, other, um, other areas of study and other areas of expertise as well. And uh, so interesting things, there's probably uh, a ratio of about half of the people in the organization um, who are um, non-engineers non or didn't study engineering in school or weren't practicing engineers when they got involved, and uh, half who are. So, yeah, all skill sets uh, required. All welcome. Sweet. So, do you have any... Okay. I'm going to cut this blank time. <laughs> uh, uh, do you have any good stories? Either they can be empowering, funny, random... Anything from either your trips uh, throughout sub-Saharan Africa or uh, perhaps having to do with working in EWB that you can think of off the top of your head? <laughs> uh, I probably have, uh, have an interesting story or two to share. Uh, <laughs> then please do. <laughs> <laughs> for the right price. Uh, so maybe I'll just tell... Uh, tell a story that would probably give you more questions than answers, but I, it's kind of like how I like that's leave, what I love with stories. leave things off. Did really. you tell a story? <laughs> Was that a story? <laughs> Question mark? Uh, it all goes back to the, the first few days when I had first moved into uh, the village of Domongo. And you can look it up on a map, and I'm pretty sure you can probably like street view the place now, which is kind of ridiculous. But if you look up Domongo, Ghana, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly, it's not really a village. It's a fairly large village, small town, um, in northern Ghana. That's on this dusty trail to West Africa's largest game reserve. And it was my first night there. Um, it had been arranged for, uh, I a room had been arranged for me to stay in, 
And uh, my room was on the outside of a compound, and there were locked gates going into the compound. And uh, I had been in Ghana for about a week, and um, of course, I was still adjusting, uh, both digestively, mentally, emotionally. <laughs> um, that's not both, that's three things. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> so in the middle of the night, my uh, stomach started to stir. So I went to use the latrine in the compound, the gate was locked, and there was quite a bit of... Uh, um, I guess like equivalent of barbed wire on top of the gate, so I didn't oh. want to mess with it. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I was dealing with it digestively, and there was quite a lot of, <laughs> uh, I know, that part barbed comes wire. Later. <laughs> oh, God. So I decided the best option for me was to have to defecate in the bush, which was... Uh, <laughs> you're, you're being so, <laughs> so thesaurus about this story, you know, having to defecate and, uh, in the latrines. Anyways, continue us. Uh, at this point, I had been deliberating for quite a while, so it was no longer a case of still taking my time. It was, I was in the urgent, I'm um, kind of a phase three mode, and... <laughs> And uh, and I had forgotten my flashlight. I'd only managed to rip a few pages out of my notebook instead of finding toilet paper packed away in my bag. And I went and found a good spot in the bush. Um, there was a little bit of moonlight, so I didn't really need my flashlight. So romantic. Uh, yeah, it was very romantic. And there's someone else involved here coming up, so the story gets better. There's something else I should say. Uh, so I found my spot, and I squatted down in the uh, the moonshade of a, a palm or a date tree and did my business. Um, and then after I finished, which was, didn't take too long, let me tell you, like <laughs> uh, cleaned up and, uh, and then stood up and then uh, looked at it because everyone looks at what do, it. What do you mean? You look at your deposit. Everyone, <laughs> everyone does this. So I'm not even, I don't even need to expand on this point any longer because no, everyone, okay. everyone does their business and then they stand up and they look at it. And if it's so surprising, you kind of nod a little bit and get a bit of a smirk on your face. <laughs> if you have an Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> exactly, you know. yes. The Abraham Lincoln. Uh, it's always surprising how you can picture it in your head. And when you stand up and look, it's a completely different story. Oh. That's, that's interesting. Anyways, I looked at it. And right beside my... I couldn't really see. So I had my uh, cell phone, my mobile in my pocket. And I t- turned it on. And it had a little LED flashlight on it. And I looked at my deposit I just made uh, with my phone, and right next Ooh, to this... Oh, you took a picture of it? No, 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 no <laughs> picture. This was using the flashlight feature of my phone, uh, which is important clarification. Yeah. I'm never going to use your phone. <laughs> I'm never going to ask to make a call like, when I'm around you. That is a wise tip. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when I took a look at my deposit neatly on the ground, right beside it, I mean right beside it, with... Two claws stuck into the deposit was a scorpion, a big no. black just beast of a scorpion. Literally, where moments earlier oh. I had be I'd been hanging my chin slappers. Oh my god, <laughs> chin slappers! He says. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, uh, and literally, yeah, dangling. You wouldn't imagine the, the fear that shit, rushes through your body at yeah. uh, the thought of what you were just doing. Um, yeah, so there's a scorpion embedded uh, in the in same in the same way an NBC journalist is embedded with U.S. special forces in Iraq. The scorpion <laughs> was in no way similar, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yes, that is. So that was uh, they, that's that's the story. They don't. Um, they don't drop U.S. soldiers on top of journalists in a pile. I, you're, you're taking it too far. I just want you to think about the word embedded. What does the word mean? It means one with. And, you know, why is the journalist a scorpion as well? <laughs> Anyways. Well, if the journalist is with Time magazine, then that is a pretty easy, <laughs> pretty easy assumption, I'd say. There we go. Uh, so, yeah. You can bad. find out more about... Uh, Engineers of the Borders, Canada, by Googling it, uh, looking it up on the Twitters. Um, What's the EWB Twitter? Is there an EWB? At EWB. We got in the game early. We got a good Twitter Twitter handle. Twitter handle, that's what it's called. You can tweet them at at EWB and, of course, uh, at Kyle Baptista, like a Baptist with an A, uh, if you want more information. And uh, check out their website. What's their website? Their website is ewb.ca. 
slab. Very, very simple. Go check it out. They're doing amazing things. And this has been the most, like, I think, kind of like, you know, this is an actual kind of interview. <laughs> this has been like an interview. Like, not just like, so, hey, what do you think about, did you see this video of the duck farting or whatever, you know, like on, uh, anyways. I have not seen that video. No, it does not. On that note, we should take a commercial break. Up. So, you oh. <laughs> you can show it to me. <laughs> uh, all right. And now let's move on to stupid shit just so, you know, you want to come back someday. You never asked me what kind of work we do in Africa. Please go ahead. <laughs> so many of you may have seen those infomercials on weekend mornings. I don't know what time they play in Australia. I guess middle of the night. Um, and You just and- told us about what kind of work you do in Africa, by the way. <laughs> hey <Hey-o. laughs> I just got that, uh, and Good you know, work. you see these, uh, you see these videos of of, uh, of children with the, with the flies in their eyes, and the flies are flying around, and I think that's really upsetting when I see uh, organizations use um, use this kind of footage, um, and there's, there's no dignity in that. So, what would be best is if we imported by the thousands fly traps, just thousands upon thousands of fly traps. And then there wouldn't be flies in children's eyes no <laughs> the, more. This is your solution. This is my solution. Oh. If you like this idea, you can email IceHolesPodcast. <laughs> is that what it is? At gmail.com. Yes, yeah. So that was a joke. And uh, under <laughs> a uh, hidden... The, hidden pre- <laughs> the preceding two minutes was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> if you disagree, you can contact <laughs> us. At ice holes All right, let's keep in mind we only have room for ten thousand <laughs> votes on whether or not that was a joke. Let's let's move on. So, uh, just because I want you to come back here sometime, I find you to be a very interesting gentleman, and I feel if you don't have any fun, <laughs> you're uh, never going to come back. And uh, we want to hear more about uh, the engineers without. Borders doings. Actually, did were there any good, like any good failures? Like 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 oh, we tried, but this happened. Like you know, they put the condoms on the trees and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I uh, I, I would say that uh, to answer that pragmatically, um, <laughs> every every failure is good if you learn and take heed of the lessons. It delivers. Ah, see what he did there? Turn the negative into a positive. See, this guy guy is going to brighten up the world right there. Unbelievable. That was very very philosophical. Didn't answer the question at all. But (laughs) that was very good. Um, All right. Here's a failure that I think is uh, quite humorous. Kodak. <laughs> that is the saddest, saddest thing ever. Uh, did you see uh, the Oscars by any chance? Uh, no. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't. But yeah, no, I'm afraid I, of golden terrible. things, statues, statuettes especially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, statues I'd be alright with, but statuettes, you know, you're sexist. Um, <laughs> is that the, the distinction there? I don't know. I uh, thought a statuette was a tiny statue, not... A female, a female statue? statue. Well, tiny. Look at it. <laughs> no, wait, hold on. No, but well, then why does it have the F, the feminine version of the same uh, thing? You know? It's Hollywood, man. It's not supposed to make sense. Regardless, uh, I mean, Billy Crystal opened it from uh, the filing for bankruptcy theater. That's what he called it, or something like that. Uh, you know what I mean? Like. Uh, Oh, you know, soon to be owned by the government theater or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, you That's know. good. That's smart. Yeah, because yeah. it is the Kodak theater that they uh, go to. Whoa, yeah. Me and uh, me and Graham gonna go check it out pretty soon. Very excited. Yeah, in the true. Los Angeles. Uh, also, I believe this ha- this was in Los Angeles. It was in California, I think. I don't know if you've heard about this, but the. Uh, the baby chino? Have you heard about the baby chinos? Only, only very briefly earlier today, but you'll have to describe it to me because my understanding, it sounds like a type of shoe. It does sound like a shoe type. Uh, this is a... <laughs> well, chinos are a shoe, aren't they? Like they I have don't some know. Sort of, I'm not uh, <laughs> style conscious. I wear, I'm wearing slippers at the moment and <laughs> damn proud of it. And I'll wear these out. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Unless... Uh, well, yeah. No, that's it. I will wear them out. Anyways, 
Uh, baby chinos are, they've developed a cappuccino to give literally to babies. It's, uh, you know, coffee for, for infants up to, you know, you know, early childhood. Uh, it's, it says like up to seven because apparently at seven, that's when they can have full, the normal full, coffee. The regular what, serving, you know. yes. And they're and it's selling very well. It's doing very well. It's becoming a big fad to give your babies <laughs> coffee, chi- like children caffeine. Like I mean, uh, I think it's like we, I think now we have to like it has to be the worst era of shittiest parents ever, <laughs> possibly. Uh, not just because of the baby chinos, but like they sterilize their kid to shit. So they can't grow white blood cells to save their life. I think I've said that before. Yeah, that's a, that's an issue. Roll your kids in the dirt, people. That's important. Yeah, you know what? You know, giving their kids their iPads and iPhones to play with. Whatever happened to a stick? You know what I mean? Like, uh, just you know. Like, Sometimes you sharpen the end of it for them just to make things more interesting. Yeah. Well, George Carlin used to have a joke actually about you know whatever happened just. Getting a stick and digging a hole. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's, that's totally true. On that note, we also have some sad news. We're shutting down the podcast to start a business that sells Red Bull to dogs. So if you have any interest in investing, or just kind of, you thought your puppy was cute now. <laughs> just wait, my friend. Until he is simultaneously vomiting and diarrheing all over your carpet. What? what? From what? Red Bull? Oh, Red Bull for the dog. I see. Uh, (laughs) I would just figure he'd be hyper, but yes, different species, different rules. I get it. Uh, But Baby Chino, I mean, could these kids... I mean, like, uh, sugar. They're giving them enough sugar. Now they're going to get them hooked on caffeine? Like, uh... And are these shops that are offering this product? Yeah, it's, it's like a, I think it's a specialty coffee company that is trying to, you know, get the jump on the market for baby, for, you know, infant crazy coffee drinkers. Well, there's nothing cuter than a picture of a baby with his eyes wide open. <laughs> well, why not have that all the time? Before a baby shoot? You know what I think? is I think that there are photo studios next door to all of these baby chino places. They should open a photo and, studio exa- inside them. Yeah. Exactly, yes. And they, just, could, they could. Kodak could get out of bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's your idea, Kodak. There's your business plan. Yeah. Funnel all the money into your Oscar hosting. <laughs> Idiots. That was a, quite the tangent. Let's go back to your failure thing you started. Here's a, 11 well, minutes ago. <laughs> what failure thing? Your failures? You would brought up. Speaking of failures, and oh, that I was said, the failure. Kodak? What? That's a failure. What Kit, was the, oh, yes. In my opinion. That's true. I thought that was tied to the Kodak somehow. Here's a Smart. Su- Good, you here's segued a, so well. Here's another success that sounds like a failure. Uh, the big viral video this week is uh, they just broke the Guinness human mattress domino record. <laughs> 850 people. Uh, where was it? I think it was in Arizona or something like that. Uh, 850 people held mattresses and then literally <laughs> flopped on each other in a mattress domino human record. <laughs> and if you're feeling jealous of these people that participated... New Orleans. You should know that they found the mattresses on street corners and the mattresses <laughs> all had bed bugs spray painted on them. So don't feel so bad. This was what's what's left of the occupied movement. <laughs> Speaking of uh, dominoes, and Kareem is using his phone because he can't remember uh, two things: uh, viral videos and baby chinos. No, that is the extent of his knowledge base. So I'm just reading the article. Exactly. Uh, I just came up with another brilliant app idea, and by another I mean my first, um, which brings. Uh, the score of amazing business ideas to two for Kyle and zero for Kareem. Yeah. And uh, the idea is an app which you use a slidey thing. And you know how you, when you scroll, there's continuous scrolling on these smartphones. Um, you would scroll uh, Wikipedia articles and it would just pull up a random Wikipedia article uh, based on what you, where you landed in your scrolling. I see. That's a like the random, random ideal. 
like the well, random it, button freely available on the website, but monetized through an app. <laughs> <laughs> like all good things. Basically, all apps are monetized. Uh, I know you have to go, so I don't want to keep you too, too long. Uh, would I was going to wait until... I thought Matt would show up, but he wouldn't. So should we do a few would-you-rathers? Good. <laughs> I'll cut out We're that waiting for the phones to light up there. This phone must be unplugged. So, uh, would-you-rather music, man? That's the question. is the would you rather music uh if matt was here he'd sing would you rather in a cheesy voice all right so would you rather uh are you into sports kyle do you like sports i've been known to sport okay you're you're part of a curling uh aren't you sort of uh, some sort of curling i actually don't want to talk about curling right now oh it's like uh but it's like a dark club isn't it like some sort of underground it's like a it's like a fight club of curling that you're involved in it's a dark art can, can you tell your team name or that or that 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 thing? Is that possible? I I don't didn't actually have. We hadn't gotten to the stage where we developed team team names. Oh really? I but thought... tragic tragic uh, tragic events have unfurled oh. with our curling bond spiel. Did somebody get a rock in the rocks or uh, <laughs> what could? Have... They didn't even get the opportunity to because they had double booked our ice date, oh. and so now our event has been canceled. I'm sorry to hear about that, Kyle. That's uh, uh, very. It's unfortunate. Fish. It's unfortunate. Anyways, head, head, sports. head injury guaranteed. Oh. Curling. You should try it. It's a lot of fun. You'll never go back. I'd never to who go you were before. in the first place. So. <laughs> You'll just never go forward. So, uh, would you rather of these uh, which of these two men would you rather be at the moment? Jeremy Lin or Tim Tebow? You familiar with these uh, these two gentlemen? I Tim, am. Tim Tebow, of course, the hyper-religious Denver Bronco idiot. And Jeremy Lin, uh, basketball and Asian. That seems to be the big thing. <laughs> basketball, Asian. There we go. There's other, there's other Asians that play basketball. Well, what about that? Uh, what about that? Ta- uh, what was that tall guy? It wasn't his name like Mao or something. Unfortunate oh, like God. that as well. Ming. No. Then, wait, Yao. Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Yeah. <laughs> Mao. <laughs> Mao Ying. It's close. Come on. You know what I mean. Anyway, you racist. Did, did any of you see that Saturday Night Live opening a few weeks ago when it was the sports show that was talking about the Lin sanity occurring? And all of the racism associated <laughs> there is, with oh, we've an talked up and coming. About it. Okay, yeah. it was uh, it was quite the opening. I recommend you go look it up on Hulu. Hulu. Uh, the, in fact, uh, like every day, there's some new new thing. There's a there's a company in New York now. Uh, a, a whole bunch of different. Uh, it's a sports bar, uh, a sports bar chain that's now selling chicken lings. <laughs> And uh, and then another separate company, and this is like upstate New York, selling onionlings. Like they both had the lings idea. Just anything with an I N that you can stick an L in front of. That's what they're gonna, you know. Or e- it doesn't. Yeah, any in. It, like those are two letters, and then just stick an L in front of it and put attach it to whatever shit you're trying to hawk on the day. There you go. Or any, you know, a, like adjective describing something amazing. Uh, amazing. <laughs> that was another that was another headline. Anyways, oh my goodness. who would you rather be of uh, the two? Hey, it's a tough it's a tough decision because I I have lots of uh lots of Asian friends. Um uh I can't say that I know in particular of any of them being particularly good basketball players. Um, yeah. As for this whole Tebow affair, I know a few religious people, but I can't say I know any religious athletes. So <laughs> this is true. This yeah. is a this is a, a tough a tough. Uh, I, I would throw that out there to the readers, um, listeners. Sorry, because <laughs> I don't, don't think anyone's going to write the transcript of this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Books on not. tape. The Ice Hole Season 1. You said chickenlings <laughs> like 30 times. Right. <laughs> hey, if anything, that's easier for the... I think... The thing is, if you were Jeremy Lin, okay, it's like the guy is getting... 
I, is, I, like, the only thing I see that they have in common is they were both on the bench and then kind of got in. But, like, all the people that are making this comparison, I think, like, it's completely different people. Like, uh, you know, the people that love Tim Tebow seem to be very, let's say, conservative and kind of right-wingers. And they wouldn't like Jeremy Lin because... He's educated. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like he's a he, he's a Harvard grad. He's like typical kind of Har- Harvard uh, economics liberal, and uh, what you know, kind of and a minority. So <laughs> things that don't go good with the Tebow crowd, I would think. Lynn, don't run for office in Arizona <laughs> of any of any sort. Don't even, run, don't even run towards an office building. Just avoid. <laughs> All possible scenarios that can ensue from that string of words. If you were going to run for office, you should run in Lindiana. (laughs) Hey, oh, you see that? (laughs) And I am. I I just thought I'd work with it. So, so Jeremy Lin or or Tim Tebow? You're you're Lin. I'm going to have to go with uh, with um, uh, Jeremy Lin because his move from his move from a friend's couch to, I believe. Uh, a condo at the Trump Tower is very reminiscent of my move from a basement apartment to a second floor apartment. That was a big Astronomical jumps, which Jeremy Lin's known for. Which you All wouldn't right. expect from his kind. Would you People rather... People named Jeremy, that is. <laughs> okay. So now we've realized sports questions, fuck that. Like, just never on the Ice Holes podcast should we ever ask another sports question again. Would you rather be trapped in a cage of spiders or cage of snakes? Since you had a scorpion story. Uh, that's a good question. Would it be cold? Uh, it doesn't. That's not here in mm. the question. It was messaged to us. Would the snakes be hungry? I'd assume so, but it depends how big the snakes are as well, because there's snakes that are big enough that could, you know... And also the constrictors? Mm, would, yes, constrictors is up. an issue. In an already constricted space, they're competing with the cage already. And so. do spiders just bite, like, just for fun? I don't think so. No. It sounds like you already have an opinion in this manner. Well, You're I definitely mean, pushing me away from the snakes and no, towards the spiders. No, you can do whatever you want. Uh, I like snakes, actually. I actually am one of those sick people that kind of... I like the feel of a snake. I don't know if you've ever held a snake mm-hmm. or hung out with snakes, but... Uh, I drank I a to, snake. You, what? You what? Drank one. Snake wine, Vietnam. Really? Tried. Potent. That uh, sounds... Potent. That sounds uh, heinous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would... Uh... I would say because you said cage, either animal, because it's a cage and it could easily escape. You did not say enclosed box. <laughs> this is true. Okay, enclosed <laughs> box. <laughs> well, I, you know. <laughs> okay, enclosed box with either. You're on fear factor. Mm. How much money? Well, okay, forget the money. New host or old host? It's the same host, Joe Rogan. Oh, he's, shit. He's the same host. Wow, he looks really different. Yeah, he's old now. <laughs> uh, too much fear factor, I guess. Uh, I'm going to have to go with snakes. Snakes. Gotta say. Yeah. The way they move is much less terrifying than spiders, especially in a box. I feel like the, the thing with spiders, though, is I feel like I could kill more spiders before they would do anything dangerous you know what i mean it's hard to kill a snake because there's a lot of what do you stomp how do you find you know like if there's a bunch where's the heads of all of them you're stepping on another one when you're stepping on one it's true if it's true. if it's spiders i just smushed five of those fuckers in one hit you know what i mean it's like <laughs> bam you know then 10 more 10 more you know it'd be like playing you know uh like i don't know some sort of What's that game where you slice fruit? Fruit slice fruit ninja? It'd be like that with you know, okay, I got those ones, now this section, now this section, and then you just squash all those motherfuckers till they're dead. Alright. Interesting. Uh one more because I know you have to go. I don't wanna hold you anymore. Uh okay. Uh live one thousand years in the past or one thousand years in the future? 
Oh, Bob, I'm going to have to go ahead and say definitely definitely the past on this one, without a doubt. Really? You'd rather live in, what, 1012 (laughs) than 3012? You think they called it 1012 back then? Well, no, I think they'd say... We don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're, we, we just got we just got out of loincloths. We don't understand our own existence. Yeah, because yeah, we've certainly got that figured out now, folks. <laughs> That's true. We're barely out of the woods. Burn the world. Yeah. Uh, so the the past, really, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't even know if we'd be around a thousand years in the future at the rate that we're going, or like, who knows what the future is going to look like. But the past sucked. Like, if you think about, like, a thousand years in the past, like, we didn't know anything. Plus, especially if we're a thousand years in the past and in the same place, like, there's just... I'm dead. There's just (laughs) trees everywhere. I'm freezing my balls off, and nobody's going to invent a jacket for, like, another 1,500 years. You know? (laughs) Like, you know, unless I find a bear, which, you know, no, I'm dead. If I'm in, huh. like, 10, 12 England, I don't know, Black Plague yeah. or something like that. Or not even, because, like, what, the 1100s and stuff is, like, feudal. Would you know the extent to which history has happened over the last thousand years? Would you know the Black Plague is coming? Go on vacation to Scotland? That, I, I guess so. I don't know. So, no, well, no, you might I'd not. Say. You might not. Like, okay. I think uh, I equate it to working at a bank be living the past thousand years you know it's coming it's predictable everyone's still getting screwed all the time interest rates are too high i don't know that's that's why maybe i i'm attracted to the future because it's very much like the film industry you have no idea what's gonna happen Uh, you're probably gonna get screwed somewhere but there might be some you might get some good shit you don't know which one of us is gonna end up killing michael bay yeah (laughs) It's like, that's playing the odds. All right. All right, uh, let's see. Okay, no. You done? Let's go. All right, I'm just, uh, it doesn't matter. This is all going to get cut. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, man. Uh, I just want to thank Spruce here for being on. Oh, yeah, Kyle. Sorry, Spruce is his nickname from university that I gave him with no thought behind it at all. We just all hammered at a kegger one night, and I just said, you look like your name would be Bruce. Bruce the Spruce Moose. And that just held on. Well, I think I'm probably the only person that holds that on, carries it on till this day. I do an analysis every year on my birthday when there's Facebook wall posts. Yeah. And the ratio of people who call me Spruce to the ratio that don't has obviously considerably changed since but, but there's still whenever some. I got Facebook. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a... I'd say I'm down to like a under 15%. Oh, that's sad. Oh, well, I got to start meeting some of your new friends. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, Kyle, for being on. And uh, again, Engineers Without Borders at EWB and at Kyle Batista. Uh, you know, if he wants, he might not add you. I'm just saying it, you know. Really don't have a choice with Twitter. You just follow me. Oh, yeah, that's true. You can if, follow, follow. if any of you in New Zealand are interested in my rants about Toronto municipal politics, then there are many places you should go before me. But if you don't know what those are, follow me. I'll take you there. <laughs>